Hey, welcome back for week five of the Saluki Standards Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Runyon, and thanks for joining us. We'll keep this introduction short. Not much introduction needed for this guy. He's grown in popularity pretty quickly around this place, but we'll leave it at this. Here's the Missouri Valley Conference's freshman of the year, Marcus Damask. No, you're a you're a Packers guy, right? Yeah, that's right. We yeah. got we got season tickets for that. Okay. Your your favorite moment as a Packers fan, what is it? Uh Rogers threw that Hail Mary against the Lions. I remember watching that in my living room with my like my whole family was in there. That it just went crazy in there. So that that was a good time right there. The one against the Bears was pretty sweet too. Yeah. End of the yeah. regular season. Yeah, that that was something too. Where are your guys' seats? Um it's like it's kind of in the corner like it's like 25 rows up like they're good seats in the it's like the Packers sideline okay I don't know it's hard to there's not a bad seat in that place no there's not they get that that arena is special yeah our uh our Bears fans here in Illinois are probably mad at us so we better (laughs) we better move on huh uh but here with the uh the Saluki standards let's let's dig into um integrity is kind of at the baseline of that and uh a lot of times in sports that's you know what you're doing when nobody's watching Mm -hmm. and I know your teammates have been complimentary of how much time you put in by yourself just being in the gym putting shots up why do you take so much time to to do that by yourself when you've got you know class workouts practice and games going on all the time yeah I mean I just like to be in the gym I mean especially like if I don't know it's like weird because if I'm not playing good like I want to be in there to fix my shot and like just like fix what I've been feeling but if I'm playing good I want to be in there because I'm just like I'm feeling good about it so I just want to be in there so like no matter what like my mindset is I just want to be in the gym so I don't like I'm just in there because I enjoy it really is that kind of therapy to you yeah like the empty gym the quiet gym it's just it just hits different than anything else like it's just special to me what do you think about when you're in there by yourself um I don't know. Like, sometimes I'm really just focused on my workout. And then sometimes, like, I, like, sit down on the sideline. And I'll just, like, like memories will go through my mind. Like, actually, like, just the other day, I was sitting on the on my bench. Like, before my workout started, and I thought of the buzzer beater I hit in the, the crowds. And I was just kind of, like, looking around. And, like, it's just, like, visions go through my head in there. And it's just... It's just a cool feeling to be in the gym. How many times have you seen that shot before you actually hit it? A lot. I, I mean, I've seen all those different angles, and yeah, I mean, that was a cool moment. Yeah, but I mean, like when you were sitting in the gym, at times like you're talking uh, about, how yeah, many how many yeah, times yeah. had you visualized that moment happening? Oh yeah, a lot. I mean, I've, I mean, the buzzer beater is like the coolest thing in basketball. So I, I'd, I'd always like put my, especially when I was younger, I put myself like playing against different teams and hitting buzzer beaters all the time. So to finally hit one on the college level, like in that arena, that was just extra special. Pretty, uh, was it as sweet as you thought it was when you were a kid? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. How many times did you practice that shot? Um, I know you guys had done it yeah. shoot around a bunch, but how many times did you actually taken that shot when you were alone in an empty gym? Yeah. I mean, not a, ton but you kind of like i'll take those one dribble faders like kobe type of stuff (laughs) so like i would do that when i was a kid but i I never really took them like seriously so that one 
that one was just kind of like a shot that I would take when I'm just messing around. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it really was a, a one dribble, double clutch. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's not a game shot. But No. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's just a shot that I take when I'm just messing around, just kind of passing time in the gym. Yeah, you don't have three guys in front of you when you're taking <laughs> that in the gym by yourself. No, I don't. <laughs> you, you mentioned how it's uh, it's peaceful there in the quiet gym when, when you're working by yourself. How often is it tedious for you? How often do you have to get in your own head and say, hey, I've got to do this today. Uh, I have no choice. Yeah, I mean, I think that in high school, I had to kind of like force myself to go to the gym more like my freshman and sophomore year but as I've grown older like it's it's become something more that I get mad at myself if I don't get in the gym and like I text Rob Rob rebounds for me he puts me to work all the time Rob Dozier and I text him every day like during class because that's what I'm thinking about what I'm going to do after class and I'm going to go get in the gym with him right away so it's just something that as I've gotten older it just naturally happens in my day like it's a part of it. Is there a single day throughout the year where you don't pick up a basketball? Um, a, there's been like two days where Coach Mullins has not allowed me to go in the gym because he says I have to rest my legs. <laughs> so other than those couple of days, no. What about in high school? I mean, after the season ends, would you ever take a week, two weeks, anything like that, uh, just to reset? Yeah, my dad. My dad would kind of do the same thing as Coach Mullins did, and he'd kind of tell me like, "Hey, like you should take a." like a couple of days off and just freshen up to go hang out with your friends and do stuff like that. But I mean, I never really liked doing that. <laughs> I was going to say that probably nod at you a little bit. Yeah, you, a little bit. Probably getting antsy. So I'd go down to my gym and like in my house, we have a little, little court and I would just kind of mess around down there and stuff. So I'd always kind of have that feel for the ball. You had to sneak it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Late at night, get down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned both Coach Mullins and your dad. Another part of the, the Saluki Standards model is is the word leadership. Let's let's start with your dad, a, a high school coach. You know, he's, he's coached you and your, your three siblings as well. What have you learned from him about the meaning of that word, leadership? Yeah. I mean, I think that the biggest thing with him being a leader in the way that he leads that I like the most is, I mean, a lot of time with coaches, like coaches I would consider the leaders of the team, but the coaches are often like yelling, stuff like that. And the way that my dad leads is, I mean, he just, he leads so like peacefully. I mean, he's not yelling at us all the time and stuff, and he's really just teaching and coaching all the time. So I think I've picked up a lot from that where, when I'm on the court, I'm not going to yell at my teammates. I mean, like, I'll I'll be loud using vocals when it's urgent and stuff like that. But if we go on a bad stretch, I'm not going to sit in the huddle and yell at them, like, hey, like, like just screaming, like, we got to do better and stuff like that. Like, I'll just talk to, talk to my teammates and kind of, like, let them know that, like, I got their back. Like, you have my trust and stuff like that. So I think that's the biggest thing that he's taught me is just not – like, yelling isn't always the answer. Right. There's there's always uh, some interesting dynamics when you have dad and you have mm-hmm. coach. Yeah. Where were the boundaries? Um, or were there? Was it just all kind of the same thing? No, nah, there were boundaries. So I think because – and my dad's told me this, that because I was the last child, like, it was, a, it was way better than me than it was my oldest sister, Morgan, he told me. And he, he told me that he feels like he – he didn't coach Morgan good enough where he felt like he almost pushed her away because he was too much of a coach all the time. So with me, 
he was really good at being a coach on the court and he would talk to me about basketball at home but at home he was just a dad to me and it was like he kept that relationship good was it on your time when you wanted to talk about basketball yeah yeah yeah, i would say so and then the car rides are always that that's his basketball time too (laughs) sure sure how uh how much of your dad do you see in yourself um see i don't see a ton because i i like to say i'm not like him like because i just think he's like a weirdo and stuff you know how that (laughs) is but like all my friends and people who don't know my dad but like see my dad like lance and trent talk to me about all the time how they say like we're identical and stuff so i guess to other people we're really similar but to me I mean, I I like to say, like, I'm my own person. I'm better than him and all that. (laughs) You say that to his face? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. How's he respond to that? He just, he just, I don't know, something smart he'll throw back at me. (laughs) Uh, How how has he continued to empower you now that he's not your coach? He's just your dad and a fan watching you playing college. Yeah. I mean, he, he does a good job of, and he, he talks to me about it, how he doesn't want to be my coach and he like he wants to let me play and he always tells me like listen to what your coach is saying and stuff but he'll kind of he'll give me like little tidbits that he thinks that I've maybe lost because I haven't been doing like his workouts with him and stuff that I can still work on like outside of practice and stuff like that so I think he does a good job of just like being there and supporting me but helping me along the way through like obstacles you, you've got good leadership at the top with your dad but you mentioned being being the young one in the family what have you learned from your siblings about being a leader yeah um i think my brother probably taught me the most and i mean he was really similar with my dad too about just like being calm and staying calm i think that was the biggest thing with, really with my whole family that i've learned throughout the years is just to stay calm and stuff and I feel like my brother probably, he he would take me to the gym all the time and kind of show me the ropes. So I think I think he just taught me a lot and like how to be a good person. Sure, sure, and that's a that's a huge part of it is the personal relationship yeah. with the people you're leading, right? Yeah. When, when's the first time that you remember being in the gym with your your dad or your brother? Um, geez, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Uh, the first, with my brother, we would, in my house, I, I said I had that, like, the little court. So we would play games up to 100 all the time. And he would always, like, kind of, like, keep me close and, like, sometimes let me win. And, like, I always thought that he was playing his hardest. He was toying with you. Yeah. So I think a couple of memories I have in there are probably the first memories I have while being in the gym, just playing with him down there. I mean, we have so many memories. I could talk about that forever. Like, it was just special. What else? What's what's number two on that list? Your memories with your brother? Um, well, we would have... <laughs> we would put this uh, little mini tramp so we could dunk. Cause we, had, we would lower the hoop so we could dunk with a little mini tramp. And he was, like, falling down one time and threw it up there, and I blocked him. And I... Like, that made my month. Like, I'm <laughs> telling you. Like, it was, I told all my friends about it. Like, I blocked my brother, like... 
I mean, it was just that was that was a moment I will never forget. And I'm sure he remembers it too. <laughs> Did you tell his friends about it? Oh, that yeah. might be the most embarrassing point for him, I right? I told everybody about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing. Um, you know, going through this college experience now too, and, and having your older sister up at uh, Platteville, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, still playing college basketball. How much yeah. do you guys compare notes on leading your respective teams? Yeah, we talk we talk a fair amount. I mean, she had a good year, and she just won. Uh, she was just first team out conference, so I mean, I'm really proud of her for that. But we talk a lot about because we were kind of both in like the rough stretches at the same time at the start of the year. Like our team wasn't doing too well, and I mean, her team had a little struggle as well. So we we talked a lot just about staying positive, and because I mean, I think that's that's the best way in any situation just to stay positive and have a good outlook on things, and it'll just kind of turn up. Sure. be better so I think we talked a lot about just staying positive you've got uh you know four in your family that play basketball a dad that coaches basketball where does where does mom factor into to all that um she she started to pick up on enough basketball where she can have good conversations and she would she would come in and rebound for me at times and do like a little workout while she rebounds for me and stuff but she just she's just always there for support like she'll She'll try to say little stuff about, like, things that she thinks that we can do better and stuff. But, I mean, really, we just kind of like, okay, mom. Yeah. Whatever you say, mom. Yeah. <laughs> but she, I mean, she she would come to all of our games. And she had this little bracelet that when she clapped, like, we could all hear. Like, out of the crowd, we could hear her bracelet. So I don't know why we could, but we all we all agreed that we could hear that. And she's just always been, like, super supportive and stuff probably hard to hear that in the arena now isn't it oh yeah and Terra center it's a it's a different level now sure <laughs> does she ever stop you guys and say hey let's get away from this basketball talk for a little bit let's let's talk or do something else yeah i mean that's when she comes in on and she'll plan like little vacations where she just wants us away away from everything and she just wants our family together like on the beach somewhere where and she's planning stuff that has nothing to do with basketball and she she loves those trips. Those are her favorite. Let's uh, let's go to a country without a hoop. <laughs> let's go to a country where they don't even know what round ball is. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. But uh, let, let's move on to the second tier here, toughness. Uh, let's let's start with uh, this season in particular. You mentioned some tough moments early on. You've been asked to do a ton at a higher level than, than you've ever played at before. Yeah. What's been the toughest part of year one in college? Uh, the toughest part? I think right away in the summer, and I've talked to our strength coach, Marcus Edwards, about this. Uh, we had our – it was like our first or second lift. And I remember walking in and we were lifting. And, like, like it was super hard. I was gas, And I remember he said halfway. And we all just looked at each other like, what? <laughs> and I remember looking in the mirror and I was thinking, like, I don't know, like four years of this, like, I don't know. I think those first lifts might have been the toughest part of anything. The first couple weeks I was here, those first lifts were, they were different than anything I've ever done in my life. Doesn't mean it's been easy since then. No, not at all. I mean, the whole summer, it was really just about getting ready for college because we all came in. I mean, most of us came in first year, Division One and stuff. So it was, it was just a big a big step that we all had to take just to be able to get on the floor. So the conditioning and all those practices and stuff, 
it was it was tough There's no question think back to your prep career or even before your high school career what was the the biggest moment of adversity that you feel that you've had to overcome to get to where you are today um you talking like elementary i mean whenever i mean it could be elementary school it could be high school uh, whenever man, that's tough um i think in like about seventh seventh grade because like growing up i'd always been way bigger than everybody faster stronger like i just matured before most of my classmates so i'd always just dominated like every sport really in basketball specifically and then around like seventh grade i think people started to catch up with me so i wasn't as dominant like i was still one of the better players but wasn't as dominant and I just kind of had to, like, that's when I really started to get in the gym on my own and try to get better because I wasn't, I wasn't as special as I used to be. So I think that was, that was a big change I had to make rather than just practicing. Like I started to do my own stuff. How, uh, how tough was it for you being committed to a school, having a coach leave and then having to change your, your course of college plans late. How tough was that for you? Yeah, that was really, it was super stressful. I mean, that was a situation that, I mean, I'm glad I went through it now. But at the time, like, it made me doubt a lot of things. And, I mean, my parents stayed with me and they talked to me about staying positive. Like, it's all going to work out. And I honestly, at the time, I didn't, like, believe them. I didn't buy in with what they are saying. But... I mean, it, it just caused so much stress because I, I was really ahead of everyone in my class. Like, I knew my, my destination. I knew my situation I was going into. And now they all had their places, and I was, like, the only one that didn't know where I was going. So to see all of them, knowing where they were going, who they were rooming with, and I was just taking visits again, just to start the whole process over was super stressful. You had to know you had options, though, right? Yeah. I mean, that was that was the promising thing that, I just had a, a solid senior year, so or I mean, right when I decommitted, I heard from a lot of different schools, which, like, it's it's a blessing to hear from so many schools, but it it also adds to the stress. I would have just had like one or two schools contact. Right, right. You get reconnected with Coach Monahan. You yeah. get connected with Coach Mullins mm -hmm. here, and the the word everybody seems to use to describe Coach Mullins is tough. Oh yeah. Why do you think he gets that adjective tied next to his name so much? Um, I've never watched him, watched a full game of him, and I'd love to watch a game of him play in college because that's, like, if I go to a restaurant and stuff and people are there who recognize our team and stuff and they talk about Coach, because everybody knows Coach here. Right. And they always talk about how tough he was as when he played. So I've never watched him play. So, I mean, I'd love to see that. But in from what I've seen out of him, the amount of time that he can put into watching film and really just prepping for everything is it's it's insane like, like he's always watching film he's always getting ready for the next team he's always thinking two steps ahead like he he's just so dedicated to everything that he does is it like a hundred percent Chris Lowry who is the former head coach here former player here mm -hmm. and is now at Kansas State came and spoke to you guys and he talked about how Coach Mullins was crazy, and yeah. he he played so hard that he broke. When you heard that, what did you think? I believed it. 100% I believed it because that's, 
that's how he coaches. He coaches so hard. And not, not hard like he's yelling at us and stuff, but he's just so bought into everything that he does. And he just he just loves what he does, so he just puts in so much time. Let's close out here with some championship talk. Won one your freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. Got close your senior year. Yeah. When you look back at your high school career, say, 10 years down the line, which season are you going to remember more? The the one you were close in or the one that you actually won it? Oh, my, fr- my freshman year when we won it, no question. Why that one? Um, there was There was just so much buzz around the town. We had never won a state championship before, and I was a freshman, so everything was brand new to me. And the crowd support was – it was – the best out of like any team at the state tournament. I think we took like 11 fan buses for our student section. And the memories made winning are just, it's, it's, you really just can't describe it. Like you have to feel, feel what it's like to win big games and meaningful moments like that to really just understand like how good that feels. It's hard to describe. Yeah, I was going to ask you to try to describe it, but yeah. it sounds indescribable. You, you really can't. You can't. <laughs> What's the closest do you feel like you've gotten to that, to the to the feeling of winning a state championship since then? Um, when we when we took second, really, yeah, because our like that was our junior and senior year were the years that we were supposed to be the best. So that's also what makes a freshman year so special because we were the underdogs in. I think like six of the eight games in the playoff we were the underdogs for. So that was that was cool to just keep knocking off teams that were supposed to beat us. And then my senior year, I mean it was we won like we were like twenty six and two or something like that. So just the more wins the more chances that you have for a good locker room and a good bus ride because the the bus rides were fun always after a good win and just the camaraderie and the spirits are so much higher after a good win so it's everything's just more memorable did you think you were going to win four in a row that was the plan that was the plan we knew we knew it would be a long shot but i mean when we stepped in every game we thought we would win it so that was the plan yeah that that euphoric feeling your freshman year how does that compare to to some of the disappointment you felt last year when you're playing in the state championship game and lose yeah i mean so, like, freshman year to win it, it it was just, like, we felt like we were on the top of the world. But then to lose it senior year, like, it, it hurt us a lot because we lost it. But I think the biggest thing which hurt was, like, yeah, we were mad that we lost and we were sad that we lost it. But because it was our last game together, as, like, with all of us seniors. So to kind of lose the bond that we created over the games and, like, the great seasons and careers that we had because we had won so much when we were younger and we were all together at high school and best friends so to like play our last game that was the biggest like difficulty about that loss is to lose with my like my brothers along the side like the one game that we wanted to win the most right what about the the reaction from your dad that was the last time that you would have played for him as, as your head coach who was who was more upset about that you or him um Honestly, that's probably a toss-up. Yeah. Like, we were both – we were just – but we were upset that it was over, but we were just really – we were grateful for each other and the, the ride that we had and kind of, like, 
with him and his coaching with our team, like we kind of put Wapan, which is a small city in Wapan er, in Wisconsin, we kind of like put it back on the map for basketball because it really hadn't had anything that like big those big wins before ever in history. So just like the ride to look back on what we did was it was cool. You you look at all that you accomplished in those four years: state championship, going to the final four, winning conference championships. How do you think it translates up at this level? I think that winners just win. So, I mean, I've been winning ever since I was young with good coaching, and that's we have good coaching here. And that's what Coach Mullins always talked about, is that he just wanted winners because people who just need, who just want to win and need to win just find ways. Like, you can have talent, but – if they don't know how to win or the desire to win, you're just not. You're just never really going to do that well. This is not to say that that you don't get excited, because I, I know you're really excited after you hit that shot against Missouri State. Mm-hmm. But to me, it looks like you're able to keep your heartbeat pretty slow in in the big moments. When did you kind of become this guy that that could handle those big moments and not freak out when a bunch of people are watching you in a big moment? Um, I think. It was right around probably my junior year. Freshman year, I played in big moments, but, like, throughout the game, especially at the start of the game, I was really just nervous, like, the whole time to play in big arenas. I was nervous and all the fans. And as I kind of grew older and I just knew, I, like, had that mindset that, like, I was one of the best players out here. Like, I just started to trust all the work I put in, so everything just felt calm and it just came easier to me. What do you expect going to Enterprise Center this week? I mean, we we expect to win three games, and that's what that's what we're there to do. We all believe in each other, and we believe that we can do that. Well, hey, I'll tell you, if uh, Salukis can win a championship and the Packers can win an N- NFC North championship <laughs> all in the same year, it'll be a pretty good 2020. Oh, yeah, we're living. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come find you next December. <laughs> well, hey, man, uh, congrats on freshman of the year and uh, a bunch of other stuff that I'm sure is coming your way in the future. And uh, keep killing it, all right? Appreciate that. All right, that's Marcus Damask here on week five at the Saluki Standards Podcast.